Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com. My name is Abhishek and uh, this issue's cover story is uh, a bit unusual some might say because it puts uh, science technology and technology non-IT on the cover page and to talk about it I have with me Seema Singh the Bangalore bureau chief. Good morning Seema. Good morning Abhishek. And when anyone says technology non-IT it sounds a bit like an oxymoron because of the number of stories coming about internet and mobile startups but this story definitely goes beyond that why don't you tell us what's the story about yeah just one line to kind of demystify the technology definition so there's lot more technology other than you know it so it's from whether you take space technology or nuclear technology biotechnology solar technology so that said i think there's a lot of action in the country right now you know a lot of new institutions are being set up there's lot more money from the government to spur the whole research environment because if you see traditionally how developed nations have innovated it's coming from the university system where you know academics do research they push the boundaries of of the areas and stumble on something new you know inventions and discoveries and that translates into products which finally you know either the industry picks up or the startups pick up and that enters the market right. but india that kind of system is broken you know our university system has never been at the center of technology development or product development so probably if, since the 60s this is the first big push to have lot of new institutions particularly you know for science and technology so you have lot of new iits new isers isers are indian institute of science education research five of them uh, six new bio institutes in several parts of the country so the whole idea is to like you know start new institutes give them lot of money give them lot of talented people and then the ecosystem will kind of start ground up so we thought we'll capture this and figure out you know what the government wants you know what's happening on the ground and what is the impact likely to be so so what's what's the current uh, standing what is the status at the moment of the research facilities in india for example you know getting a career in research in india it sounds good but our facilities are a little too primitive right as compared to the us so there isn't enough lab research that's how the history has been what has your experience been while you know researching for this story yeah the whole scientific enterprise is very small in india if you look at you know say us or even small countries like singapore or israel you know europe all of that so by that standard for a country of 1.2 billion people the whole enterprise the amount of money that goes into in the number of institutions we have the number of people that go into science particularly in the last decade or so after the it boom you know you will see top most scientists cribbing about that it has taken away good students right. because you know there's a quick career there quick money and people research traditionally has not given good money in that sense so people have been young know, young students have been lured away to it but that kind of so that kind of reached a plateau now so it's a part of the cultural development that once you reach a certain economic status you want more from your careers you want to be more creative you want to think more out of box so right now the both the thinking as well as the approach is to you know both give more money give grants for research improve the infrastructure and make science glamorous you know so if you link it to innovation if you link it to industry mm-hmm. i mean one such effort is what infosys science foundation is doing for the last 3 years they just have a wonderful international set of panelists or jury and in five of the areas they select and they give 50 lakh prize money so just like you know one scientist for his 20 years of you know career's work at one fine day he takes away 50 lakh rupees i think that's that's a very nice way to 
show that you know if there's money even in science you know right. so so that's one aspect of it but there's a parallel right now the academic uh, environment today people say that this resembles the era of the 50s and the 60s in america when in mm-hmm. the post world war 2 its university system at the heart of the whole innovation you know kind of ecosystem and that's how you know there's a huge boom in fact one of the professors who joined iser pune in december you know he was a tenured professor in oklahoma state university of mathematics i mean he had he said i was well settled in my american dream i had no reason to come back to india but iser approached him you know made things interesting for him back home and he joined as head of the department and one big reason he says that i can see that there's a huge boom in in the academic environment here and there's there's lot more scope for people like us to make a fundamental difference to the environment so right this example that you gave was partly due to the passion towards the projects that he has but do you think the pay that you spoke some time back is not comparable if i were to ask you how comparable is the salary drawn by an american counterpart as compared to an indian one yes money is definitely a big issue here so there are lots of things around it one if you go as the story also says that the government has actually done some homework it just it's for purchasing power parity so the full professor salary there which is about you know 12500 is somewhat equivalent to what uh, such a professor gets in india it's close to 3000 dollars mm-hmm. so that said you know there are a lot of startup grants so if you see what is happening in the us right now funding is tight particularly for research you know and they have narrowed their focus they're choosing projects so there's kind of a negative selection process as it were that they're trying to reject and this is anecdotal of course uh, there's no data but a lot of experiences here and a lot of stories that we've heard so money is tight so in contrast in india there's a lot more money so government is bound by its pay scale so it cannot give you three times the salary what it conventionally gives to its top ranking officials right. but it compensates by you know giving lot more money for research setting up infrastructure lot more money for travel and these are they may sound peripheral but for the researchers you know these are very important factors that how much money do you have for for your research because viewers is a constant struggle you keep writing grants and your life literally depends on the grants so that kind of uncertainty is at least not here uh, at this point in time so that's a big draw for for the scientists there you will see in the story there are two three examples one person at ncbs who's come from harvard he was saying that you know when he when he told his friends in harvard about the startup deal that he was getting they were like so you know sort of envious that how lucky you are that you got this they're trying to they're trying to compensate for a high flat salary that they may not give but there are also uh, proposals there to work around it for example pradeep khosla is dean of engineering at carnegie mellon university he's working with uh, department of science and technology and along with others to have a performance uh, based kind of you know incentive process so you know it's not that you publish just any kind of five papers and you keep getting your standard annual raises and your annual promotions it's linked to performance just as we have in the industry so that is under works so once that comes in it will become even more attractive so then if if the department of science and technology has to attract this kind of talent what what is their main pitch to to young scientists all over the world whether indian or otherwise see one big aspect of research is that you have to have creative freedom so in the us again as as a reporter i found that most of the places there are 50 100 year old institutions very well established doing very well so there a young person does not have a great career path you know 
you have a very small area to fit in if you fit in there then you are welcome you know people are not thinking too much about very young researchers there is in india one base is small second there are so many new places coming up so they are very open to just having good scientists rather than say you know i want to fill in this space do you fit in here mm. so that creative freedom is a very very big opportunity and for a good established researcher like raghuram who came back to aizer pune for him he said you know oklahoma is a 100 year old university what fundamental difference could i have made there mm. but here it's a 3 year old institution and uh, it has like four other such institutions and the whole country is kind of even a 50 year old institution in chennai the institute of mathematical sciences they are also open to more you know having more disciplines having more interdisciplinary work setting up you know newer divisions the whole kind of environment is thinking of change is opening up to change and newer places are definitely i mean they want change and they are there to kind of spur this thing so that that's a big draw so money and all you know beyond the point if you are not happy in your work what will you do with money a greater salary and if the salary is not guaranteed that tomorrow indeed right economic environment you know because they, their life depends on on grants all those uncertainties are not there of course it's not so hunky dory you know there are institutions where execution the institutional mechanism is still very bureaucratic but you know once the consciousness sets that we have to change it it won't happen in the china way top down but it it started to happen and you see a lot of evidence of that in the copy right and from a scientist perspective or a lab researcher or a professor who's into let's say a nanoparticle kind of a research which is complicated and which might take years to have a result do you think that there is some skepticism in those people those innovators mind that maybe in india uh, if results don't come in x amount of time we may we may not be valued that's not correct because in india if i can compare with with us india has never done applied work so you know nobody expects return on investment the way probably in a developed world because they've done a lot of applied work lot of industrial research so that's good news so that works yeah, in so the favor right? for yes so it works both ways so you know basic researchers have a great time you know they can continue to do basic research applied researchers who want to come will be a great asset because india has not done lot of applied work so you know, and they are now realizing that that's a big handicap they need to push you know lot more applied research get in more industry and have more partnership with industry so right mm-hmm. now the situation is that both are basic scientists whose work will probably not yield any result in 10 years mm-hmm. is also welcome and an applied research is even more welcome because india needs those people you know our academic systems right. have not encouraged applied research so it's it's a welcome time for both kind of researchers in india right now right and you do mention about this institute called national center for biological sciences uh, which specializes mm-hmm. in biological research uh, can you talk us through it what kind of work do they do and more importantly the approach because it's an organization that has been reasonably successful in in the domain that in which it operates so probably it's getting some part of the approach right yeah so sorry so there's a separate story on ncbs so you know people can read that but so it started 20 years ago as a basic basic biological sciences center because india did not have any such center so it laid the foundation for cellular and molecular biology in the mm-hmm. country so they've done that for 20 years now now that they have settled that they want to go to the next level and they are doing some bit of applied research as well as expanding their research base into more uh, you know exciting areas like stem cells and you know therapeutics and all those things 
so uh, in the second phase they are getting you know for example if they want to work in cancer or cardiac problems so they now have some clinicians they've gotten some life sciences companies involved and they're also getting world class researchers from stanford from tokyo from milan all other places so they're trying to set up really world class research groups from where they expect that you know a lot more innovation will come which will translate into probably some useful stuff for the country yeah what are the other countries doing that we can possibly you know learn from not the big ones like the us or a few in europe but i think you also mentioned israel sometime back so in spite of the economy being geographically small they are doing some things right so considering the cost constraints in india what what are the things that we can possibly pick up from them it's, uh, israel has been in fact there's a there's a story in the package and it's kind of an interview with erlik yigal he was the chief scientist of uh, israel in the ministry of industry for two terms for eight years mm-hmm. and he set uh, the whole system of setting up in- incubators across israel and you know really speeding up the process of lab research too a quick lesson from that is that you know the government has to take more initiative and fund risky ideas from research labs from universities you set up good world class institutions and give them financial kind of bandwidth to take their ideas to test their ideas in the market you know so that india has not done in the governments i mean if you, if you ask me i can tell you few things that the department of science and technology is doing but that is not enough so israel did that very well you know it put aside the money in the ministry of industry for funding both basic and applied research and gave a lot of money in the institutions to just test their ideas in the market so that is right. why it's called startup nation so like this one institute called technion has led to some 4000 startups so traditionally we've not have we've not seen lot of entrepreneurial activity around our institutions but they are also now setting up a common innovation research area where you know it's a marketplace for innovation and research so there's a consciousness everywhere so that's kind of a thinking in the government in the institutions so they are trying to again the whole performance based incentive for career growth so that has again begun and government is trying to kind of you know putting more uh, money so like couple of departments like dbt dst they're setting up their own funds where they say will have lot more risk appetite and they're going to fund real science based you know ideas and never mind you know if it fails because a traditional vc would not fund that so that risk the government is trying to do and something that israel has also done great thanks a lot seema for your time and i also know that uh, we also know that you blog on uh, forbes regularly and you're working on a blog post which will come out very soon so can you briefly talk about what the blog is about and where can our listeners find it it's uh, it's called enterprise if i'm not mistaken it could be enterprise could be technology either way but yeah probably enterprise is a better uh, kind of category to put this in where i want to uh, share one example from the us what national science foundation has done and i think if india could take a leaf out of that course book you know it would be it would be great for for indian institutions and i spoke to the person who's leading that in the us is mm-hmm. a, a great guy to talk to and you'll you'll read that in the blog post great so i think by the weekend that should be out and also the, this issue will be out in the next 24 hours so you can find this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as theindicas.com and you can subscribe to forbes by messaging forbes to 51818 thanks a lot again seema for your time thank you thank you for having me